Bigfoot, Skunk Ape, Grassman, Sasquatch. Just a few of the names given to the primate-like creature said to roam the woods and remote areas of North America. Tales of this elusive being go back for hundreds of years. Is it mere myth and legend? Or is there truly something more tangible to this phenomenon? Join us on this journey as we discuss the science behind the encounters, the research and the evidence, keeping you updated on the latest findings, ideas and hypotheses. Arrogance gets us nowhere and closing one's eyes doesn't make things disappear nor less real. Today's myth could be tomorrow's reality. It's time to make this subject matter less taboo. Welcome to Monster X Radio. Bigfoot without the BS. And this is Julie Wrench, your host of Monster X Radio's On the Shoulders of Giants with Thomas Steenberg, the one, the only, talking old-timers, Thomas. And I believe we have Thomas in the studio once more. Thomas, how are you? Soaking wet and soggy. <laughs> is that right? Is it cold oh, up there? It's a, mess. it's a mess here with the floods and the slides and... And all the roads being cut off, and now we're watching the Fraser itself and hoping we don't have to evacuate, you know, the same old stuff. I heard about the floods up there. And mm-hmm. did you say your power went off some? It's been off several times. And uh, right now all the highways are out, but one were basically cut off on the rest of the country. Have been since uh, the 17th of November. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. That's man. Well, we don't mm-hmm. have anything like that here. Well, it's just been a, a odd deluge of rain. I mean, we usually get rain all constantly this time of year. Matter of fact, in the West Coast, usually the winters are more rain than snow. But we had such a downpour on the on in. 17th November that it caused the mountainsides to come down all over the place. It took out the Coquihalla Highway, the Trans Canada Highway, the rail line, uh, Lougheed Highway, Highway, all of them. Even the one down to uh, Sumas is still closed because of the uh, the flooding. So, wow. Yeah. That's not good. Well, we have no. the opposite down here um, where I'm at in North Carolina. We have we haven't had much rain, and we've had two forest fires going on. Um, one at Pilot Mountain, which isn't too far from me, actually. Um, now, last I heard, it was 500-plus acres that had burned. Ooh. And then now another one east of Asheville that was burning today. I haven't checked on status of that. But, yeah, we've we've got a no-burn uh thing going on. People can't, you know, burn stuff on their property and this and that. And so there's a 
yeah, it's not good. We're really super dry here, and uh, hopefully we'll get some rain in the next week or so, but we haven't had Yeah, you can have all ours you want. <laughs> uh, I know, it's, a little, it's one degree or the other. But uh, oh, You know, but no, no natural disaster will stop episode 32 of The Shoulders of Giants. <laughs> that's right. We are on episode 32, amazing. And mm-hmm. um, we have the perfect person to come back for part two of their show that we um with Suzanne Berenchek that was here on our last show and I believe we have her in the studio welcome back Suzanne thank you so much I'm so sorry that you guys have this epic weather situations going on there we just have a uh, pouring rain right now but I just yeah I've been following what you've been dealing with up there Thomas and oh my gosh the pictures are just Amazing. Oh, yeah. And uh gosh and I didn't know you guys had some fires going on down there, Julie. Wow. Yeah. Oh. It's been uh it's been an interesting uh beginning of well, ending of fall, heading into winter, so who who knows what's gonna happen next. I just it's like the world's turned upside down last year or so anyway, so <laughs> Yeah. It's just par for the course. But uh yeah, Isn't the only problem so? we have down here are deer. Uh, like I mentioned the last time, uh, and uh, Thomas, I wanted to tell you uh, that I, uh, the day after, the next morning, Julie knows this, but the next morning uh, after our last interview, I was on my way to work, and a buck just came out of nowhere. I didn't see it, and it smashed in the front of my car. Fortunately, the antlers didn't come through my passenger window, and then it flipped around, hit the back end of my car, and caused 68 Holy cow. <laughs> so I'm like, yep, <laughs> we got deer problems. Yeah, I think you. we jinxed it when we were asking you about the deer population, and you're like, well, I, you yeah, know, they're all come getting hit. <laughs> they're all on the road. <laughs> Total jinx. The only thing worse, Total jinx. <laughs> it would have been great if you had seen a Sasquatch come out of the bush in front of your car right the day after the broadcast, but... Yeah, you got to start carrying a dash cam, my dear. I know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, Bernie, because I keep nagging him, you know. It's like, can you put it my dad? Can you install my dash cam? I mean, I should just try to do it myself, but he'd be better at it. And uh, I'm uh-huh. like, yeah, that would have been a pretty good, you know, dash cam video. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't, you know. He's got to make a living, so I can't complain about things. He'll get to it when he can get to it. <laughs> I'm just glad you weren't hurt. And oh, kidding. my gosh, I know. My car, I really have to give a plug out to Jeep Renegades. Um, I really didn't, uh, it took the hit really well. And that's part of the reason why I like to have some, um, yeah, I recommend it highly for safety. Yeah, well, that's good. Make a note of that. So when we last interviewed you, um, we had talked about, there was a gal on your property who, and you guys were all looking at the stars that night, and she mm-hmm. was trying to get your attention, everybody's attention, because she saw something standing there in the fog that she thought was very interesting. And um, she believes she saw that Bigfoot standing there on your property that night. Yeah, she was... Uh... She was pretty sure about it, except for she thought that we were playing a joke on her. And um, we had been, we have an annual canoe trip that we do for friends and family every year. And um, 
So, I mean, honestly, my observational skills after cabrewing all day might not have been the best, but I certainly, um, it bothers me that when, you know, I didn't pay better attention to her because we all could have turned around. There was five of us, I think five or six of us standing right there. And if she would have just spoken up, she's kind of, I just met her and didn't know her well, um, but, you know, right there, standing there, she said it was, she even drew a picture of it. Uh, she's featured in the Back 80 um, movie, but, you know, it's just like, wow. You know, it's just now it's here on our property for sure, hanging out. I believe her. I think it wasn't until actually a couple weeks later. I mean, I talked to her on the phone, but, um, you know, I'm not. Uh, I think we're, Suzanne keeps cutting out every now and then here. Uh-oh. I'm wondering if it was right, my phone. Yeah. Did you say, did I hear you correctly, or was it when you were cutting out, you say she tried to take a picture of it? She drew a picture of it. Okay, okay, yeah. And how did she basically describe it? From the bus stop. So Uh uh, the weeds were, um, it was over the top of the weeds. Mm-hmm. So we didn't cut down that part of our field, and so the weeds were chest high as far as the, you know, alleged Sasquatch was. And then she just saw shoulders and the head, um, and it was kind of, she described the fog, because the fog comes in really thickly at, um, after hot summer days, uh, and it cools down at night, because we're at the bottom of the valley. And so the fog was really thick, but she said that the moonlight kind of reflected off of the fog so she could see you know fairly clearly and it wasn't it was in the middle of our field it wasn't around trees or anything and you know so I was you know trying to get an estimate on how close it was and you know it's hard to say because I don't know if she knows you know you know distances but she said you know it's like around 50 feet so, I mean, the fact that I didn't see that, I mean, I did I did turn around and look once. You, uh, she drew your attention to it, but you didn't see it? I don't understand. I would have, you know, flipped my lid thinking that there was a, a Bigfoot, you know, standing yeah. there three months after I'd seen it down the road and heard it at our house, possibly. So um, I don't know that bothered me for six months, at least, and it still kind of does. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you here because I think we lost Julie. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, – you, you keep breaking up, um, Suzanne, fading in and out. Or is um, it just my um, – do you want me to? I can. Uh, I can run into the house. I'm on the cell phone in the um, in my clubhouse in the garage. If I and I stopped moving, so uh, if I'm still breaking up sitting in this chair, then I could switch locations. I think right now it sounded clear. Yeah, that was okay, that last inch was absolutely clear. Yeah. Okay, I won't move. Uh, I'm walking around. <laughs> we talk about this, you know, connectivity stuff out in the country. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, okay. I got a signal, don't move. <laughs> exactly. As soon as you find that signal, you're like frozen. 
Okay, so basically she drew your attention to it, but you didn't see it. Correct. Okay. And about 50 feet away, and it was on your property, not hers. Oh, ours, yeah. yeah everybody was camping uh, at our place. Did anyone go out there the following day to see if there were any tracks or anything around? <clears throat> no. But that would be another mistake of a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's very. I mean, stuff uh, runs through that field all the time. I mean, there's, I mean, deer cross paths all the all over the place. So, I mean, it could have mashed down some, you know, four foot tall weeds or, however, five foot tall weeds, um, and it probably wouldn't have looked any different anyway. So, but, you know, so nice actually. Uh, yeah, what does your gut tell you, Suzanne? Did you think she may have been mistaken identity with something else? Well, I, the fact that she wasn't a Bigfooter at all, mm-hmm. in the least, and uh, I was still, you know, kind of skeptical about it until I actually talked to her and I saw that look in her eyes. And, you know, of course, I didn't prove anything except me talking to her and hearing her talk about it. And, and, and you know how she's like. You know, I can't. I can't think about this. I have kids. You know, it's just it really unnerved her. And mm. uh, so, you know, I also test positive on the, you know, high end believing. So uh, there's that. Right. With all these, you know, things that were going on, I'm connecting dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, and maybe she was wrong. But you know, for somebody that had no background of Bigfoot at all, and, um, you know, she was looking the other direction because she said, uh, so she was, you know, had all of us would have been looking up, and so she, you know, just decided to turn around and look the other way at the Big Dipper, and that's when she saw it. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know, there was, a, there was another girl there, too, that um, said she looked, and she didn't see it either. So maybe it was mistaken identity, but it certainly upset her mm-hmm. um, just wow. from her reactions after she had seen it. Uh, she just got, you know, she got super nervous and just marched back to the campsite, didn't feel safe. And, you know, she said she felt safer by the campfire and uh, she wanted the torches lit by her tent. And the night before they were too bright, you know, so she wanted them out. She was asking for her tent mate, my sister-in-law. Um, then the coyotes went off like crazy really close, and, uh, you know, that un- totally unnerved her. She's like, what's that, what's that, you know, and I'm like, they're just coyotes, and, you know, they could, I mean, yeah, they could sound pretty intimidating if you aren't used to it, but, um, so I just thought, well, you know, she just, you know, hasn't been out camping much or whatever, you know, and let it go, and then two weeks later, I called up there when my report was published in the BFRO, and uh, told them all about it, and Jen happened to be at the house, and she's like, well, are, you know, you guys serious about this Bigfoot stuff? And they're like, well, Suzanne is. And she's like, well, I saw it in the backyard. And then, you know, drew the picture, you know, they got her on the phone with me, and she just just unloaded this whole thing about it. And I think she'd been kind of keeping it pent up, but she thought, like I said, we we were trying to play a joke on her or something, but... So I don't know. I, I I took it as a pretty good possibility that that's what happened since it was around before, um, and I believe her. 
So I guess that's as far as I can go with it. Um, yeah. Except for, you know, how it affected me. And then I stayed on the porch again. I had just gotten my courage all back and was, you know, roaming around the property again, you know. And uh, then that sent me right back to the porch. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, it really it really unnerved me. And then I started so hearing. So how long after that was when you heard something coming up behind you? A year later. A year later, um, I got to know, again, I was trying to learn a bunch from a lot of good people, um, and I would gotten to be friends with Tommy Amarone. Uh, Bernie and I had sponsored him coming to the 2014 OBC conference, and uh, that was my first Bigfoot conference. And through that, uh, we got to be really good friends, and he was helping me out a lot, you know, teaching me things and all this. But one thing Tom's really good at is nagging people, you know, <laughs> when something's important. And uh, he's like, you've got to get a recorder. You've got to get a recorder. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll get a recorder. I wasn't like, you know, I'm like, all right, just tell me which one to get. I'll get it, and I'll set it out. And so the first night I had it, I set it out. And um, it was really great to listen to it back, you know, minute by minute, and hear a different perspective of things, night sounds. And I thought I was pretty good at identifying all the night sounds around here, but it sure sounds different when you're listening to it, you know, recorded. And uh, so then the second night I had it out, um, again, I listened to every single minute of it, uh, you know, the next day, and I heard this, um, I heard heavy footfalls approach the recorder. And I just like, you know, I queued it up and brought it up to Cleveland that weekend, you know, threw all the headphones, threw the headphones on my in-laws. I'm like, okay, what's this? You know, what makes this sound? And it was really heavy, heavy footfalls. And it was, and I had it, um, I had it looked at by um, Monongahela, actually, just this uh-huh. past year, and he said that he can confirm that it's bipedal. Uh, you know, there's nothing else you can confirm about it. But what's important about that is a month later, I was sitting on the porch, and it was about 11 o'clock at night, and the porch has, it's kind of straight, um, it has a straight edge to it, I guess you can say, and um, right back to our creepy hill. And I heard the same footfalls approaching me from behind coming towards me as I'm sitting on the porch. It was sounded exactly the same as the sound cut, which, you know, I could send it to you guys if you want to hear it. Um, but, yeah, I just, I just froze. And it, was, it stopped right over my right shoulder and was breathing heavily. I mean, well, whatever it was, was going, uh, uh, uh. yeah, like that. And I'm even doing it too fast like that. Uh, and I, if we finally measured, it took me six months to actually do the damn measurement. And it was, if I were sitting on the porch, if I had my hand up over, you know, like straight up in the air, that's where the mouth was. So from the ground to where that is, is seven, over seven feet tall, where the mouth was, where whatever it was the sound came from. Now, maybe it was further back, and it was just that loud, but that's what it sounded like to me. And we had like a lattice thing on the edge of the porch. It didn't have any leaves or plants on it, but I just picked up my computer, and I backed into the house, and I didn't come out for two days, didn't set foot out of the house, and... I just, that totally unnerved me. It was the last straw, and I told Bernie, I said, we're selling the house. It's not fun here anymore. 
We're not staying here. I can't even sit on the porch. And this is our dream house, and we've been there for 14 years and intended on staying here our entire lives. And everything, it just, it was awful. It was just a bad, bad time. And um, I didn't like it at all, and I couldn't get away from it. And it was just stuck in my head. <clears throat> it was just like, I described it as like wearing a wool sweater in summer. You know, just heavy feeling. Right. And um, it was just bad. It was a bad time. <laughs> Not happy about that. And did you end up selling the house? Yes. And I asked Bernie. It was two weeks. It took took me two weeks, and I'm barking at him for two weeks. I'm like, that's it. Wife isn't happy. We're moving. And I asked him, you know, several years later, uh, I said, how did, ask Bernie, how did you get me off the ledge with that? He's like, I just waited. (laughs) Uh And uh, and I'm like, like, God bless him. and it, it 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 went away. Everything stopped. I just wished it to go away, and it did. Now I don't know, I don't know if it's, I don't know why. I don't know why it all stopped. I, I have no idea. But it all stopped. And it, but it still took me like a year plus or so just to. I was still expecting something to happen again. I mean, at that time, I was hearing knocks all the time. I mean, and I'm saying knocks like I never heard them before 2013, and I never heard them. Well, every now and then I hear one, but since. But at that time, like 2013, 2014, I was hearing big knocks. I mean, to the point now where it's like if we're on an expedition and someone hears a knock, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's no big deal. <laughs> you know, um, I kind of got spoiled. There, I mean, big knocks. And, again, like Bernie said, if you don't see the beast hit the tree, you can't say that that's a Sasquatch that did it. But, you know, it certainly was, you know, I'm chewing up, which was great. I had the recorder going all the time. So I'm chewing up all these knocks and sending them to my, you know, BFRO investigators. I'm going to listen to this, listen to that. But then there was also a few things that I debunked, which was great. You know, it's like uh, walnuts falling on the tin roof of the um, old hog barn garage we have. You know, that's, you know, that sounds like a knock, but, you know, it's not. And then we have a rabbit well, a gas well, and when the, what they call the rabbit piece can go up and down, that can also sound like a knock. So, um, you know, I was able to eliminate some things. And, of course, you know, trees, if they're frozen, they can break. And, you know, tree branches and trees going down. We have a lot right. of trees going down, too. But, um, you know, so I was able to debunk several of them. But, you know, to me, knocks are, are good, but it's not really a for sure thing. But I was certainly hearing them. I mean, I would go two weeks without hearing a knock or something um, and, like, a tree going down. Uh, but, you know, the sumac trees, we've got a bunch of them on the hill. They're wild. And, uh, you know, I certainly haven't heard that many trees go down before that or since then. Uh, but so mm-hmm. it's just, it was it was unnerving to me. <laughs> but then when that thing approached on the, you know, porch, I mean, there's no deer that breathes heavily. I mean, I've been snorted at plenty of times, you know, back by that apple tree where it came from. And uh, that wasn't a deer, and it wasn't, you know, what was seven feet over the air, you know, or, or, and again, I'm the only one that heard it, uh, and I thought, I just, even like block those, I was like, because I was trying to put an exact date on it, and I'm like, now why can't I put an exact date on it when I remember every other date, but I just, I just wanted everything to go away, and it did. <laughs> Now, so you don't have 
activity now going on that you're aware of? No, every now and then your... I'll hear a knock, you know, but uh, no, nothing, nothing since then. Okay, you know, are you still on the same house and property? Yes. Oh, so you didn't sell it? No. Okay, okay. Went out to mow the lawn and I'm like, this place is so beautiful. I'm sticking it out. (laughs) (laughs) And in my mind, I'm just like, screw you guys. I'm staying. (laughs) And I really had to kind of mentally come to a a place where I'm like, okay, uh, this is where they live. They think this is their home. And, you know, we think this is our home that we own it. So somehow we just have to get along. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to quit scaring me. And I'm like, in my mind, I was just like, okay, and this is, you know, your process of how you deal with stuff. I'm like, you can have all of that, and but this porch, this house is mine, you know. And, I mean, honestly, I I really don't roam around at all like I used to back before all that happened. Yeah. If I if I do, I kind of have to, you know, get at least by myself. I just kind of have to get my guts up. But then now my porch, we built a new porch, and uh, it's pretty big. And I'm like, haha, they can't get me now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. And then I got all my amenities on the porch, so you know, there's I don't have a need to go out as far because I just sit there and listen and watch. So, now, when this happened, was it at night? Yes, it was about eleven o'clock at night. And so you didn't, of course, you didn't see anything, but it seemed rather close. It was, it was right over my right shoulder. I was guessing within three feet over my right shoulder. Like I said, where I put my hand up. That's how close it was. I had nightmares. I had nightmares for several years after that. Like nightmares where Bernie was waking me up. Suzanne, wake up, wake up, wake up, and I wake up. And it was a it was a Bigfoot nightmare, and mm. uh, yeah, sounds like it was, we're becoming a, a modern version of Albert Osman almost there for a second. <laughs> I don't know. All um, right, there's some there's a hole in his story, which <laughs> John Kirk was talking about that one time. But uh, I mean, plenty of people can poke holes in my story. I've got nothing to prove it with, but I do have that sound clip though. That's the only the only decent sound clip I ever got here in all these hours of recording. Mm-hmm. I've got knocks mm-hmm. and stuff, but, you know, that's not impressive really to anybody. But but that those footfalls, and that's exactly what it sounded like a month later. Did you have any wow. uh, uh, trail cams at the time or anything to set up? No, no, we didn't. We ended up putting some up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put some down by the back campsite and... Uh, you know, I had a lot of people telling me, oh, you should do this or do that, put this on the table. And somebody had sent me some pretty stones and rocks and stuff. And so I put it all on the table. I had the game cam right on it. And we found all kinds of things <laughs> that got into those stones. We had a, a crow. We had a deer put his head on the table, our cat, or the raccoon. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, when we've got game cams up now, we haven't caught anything on game cams at all except for deer. Right. Interesting. Have you ever found footprints anywhere on the property? No. And in all these years, I have never seen a real footprint or what could be a real footprint. I've casted uh, some things that, you know, I was suspicious about, uh, but, you know, it was just deer. 
No. And then substrate in Ohio isn't always the greatest for that. You really kind of have to get to, um, you know, a creek or something that's got some mud by it. But we have a creek running through our property. So mm-hmm. I, there's this one part that's, a, you know, complete game crossing, uh, just worn down going across the creek and uh, back by the back campsite. And so I, I check it out. There was um, I, there was one time when I saw some snow prints that didn't make any sense coming from across the field. Uh, uh, across, we have a, live on a county road, and then right across the county road, uh, it's a big farm field. And uh, I did see some prints coming, like like they look like human boot prints, kind of. Uh, except it was, and they were, when I think back to it, you know, they were in a single line. And, uh, and I thought, oh, well, somebody might have just, you know, been walking. But then I thought about it later, and I'm like, well, what are they going to march all the way across that field in the middle of, you know, two feet of snow? And that didn't make any sense. So Could have been a the only coyote thing- or something, and that just gives you that bipedal effect because they jump from one spot to the next. Well, see, that makes that makes way more sense. So I kind of yeah. wrote that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even a rabbit jumping, you know, especially in, in two feet of snow. Yeah. So that, but I have never, to answer your question, no, I've never seen any um, prints around here. But there's really, really only one spot where they'd be really good to find. And that's because I, I look, but I haven't seen anything yet. Huh. Well, I'm glad that you didn't move. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even if we do have crappy phone systems. You, you got to gotta thank your husband for that because he did the usual yeah. male thing, just wait a little while and let her calm down. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, exactly. He's been such a saint through all of this. I mean, I just, you know, we had to have mm-hmm. some serious discussions about this, too, when all this was going on. It's just like, you thought, like you know, what happened to my wife? You know, she was normal before this. <laughs> and he's Give been, him a um, big he's been great. Tea, okay, there, Suzanne, after the show. Tell him, well done. <laughs> okay, yeah, I yeah. will. <laughs> Very I interesting. Now, I wanted to make sure we got in on this show. Let's see how much time we have left. Okay, we have about a half hour. All right. Um, I wanted to make sure that we touched on the show that you did, the conference, I'm sorry, that you did at Hawking Hills, if you could tell us a little bit about that um, that happened this fall. Um, yeah, that was the first time I uh, was ever a speaker, and uh, B. Mills runs a great um, a great conference there since 2016, um, Hawking Hills Bigfoot Conference, and it's at Camp Odiaqua. And that camp um, benefits, I mean, the, the conference was uh, to raise funds to help um, underprivileged kids go to camp and uh, at that camp. And it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. And uh, this year was kind of tough because um, they had to change it from a weekend event. They had to get rid of that because of the COVID restrictions. And then they had to get rid of, you know, the food service and stuff. Wow. So um, normally a lot of people who come from a distance to go there – and hang out. Um, it's so laid back and chill, and you can camp all over the the camp itself. Um, it's just beautiful there. But um, so it was just a day event, which was actually okay because I was just you know being my first presentation ever um, to the public. Um, I was really nervous, <laughs> and uh, but 
it went off really well. There's only 30, you know, 30 to 50 people there. So at least it wasn't like, you know, in front of like hundreds. Um, but it was, right. it was fun. I, I did it. Um, I, I really wanted to focus on the habitat here and why it would support a Bigfoot. And then, uh, went through all the different, you know, geographical, uh, features like water and everything, uh, how it all played into it. And then, I went through the timeline of, of what happened uh here 2013 2014. Um so it was it was great. It was fun. Um uh, I really enjoyed it and um we're going to I'll get the chance to do it again. Um breaking news um just to let you know we're going to have a uh expect some announcements about um an event in the Mohican area, uh Pleasant Hill Lake Bigfoot Base Camp is what they're calling it. There's a uh a park that is uh, right here in the Mohican Valley that's attached to the Mohican State Park called Pleasant Hill Lake. And uh, it's part of the Muskingum Watershed Conservancy District. And um, the naturalist reached out to me by email about a month ago and said, um, hey, we're doing this, and would you mind helping out? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, how did you get, a, you know, my contact information? And uh, this is a great thing about Bigfooting. You know, sometimes things come back to you. Um, three years before, I investigated um, a report that a local had given me of a family that was chased out of the primitive area of the Pleasant Hill Lake campground um, by what mm. they saw was a Bigfoot. And um, it was just a young family, a toddler and a baby, and they had heard some uh, vocalizations coming out of the woods, and then this thing marched through their campsite and right across the rest of the campsite and then off into the woods. And how, and so I was talking to the ranger about it, and I'm like, well, do you think this is, you know, legit? And he's like, well, they were scared enough to call the cops. And so mm -hmm. this ranger who had, you know, investigated this, you know, um, report, and uh, I went there and camped out all night and talked to him about it. Um, he said, yeah, you know, he thinks it's a the real deal. So, but anyway, he had saved, you know, saved my information and uh, it passed along to the naturalist. And so this thing's going to happen September 10th, uh, 2022. And it's going to be fun. It's just going to be an educational event for families and kids and stuff. And uh, it's not going to be a big, hairy ordeal. But um, it's certainly going to be fun. So we're just in the planning stages of it right now. Did the people and actually I, get a look at what scared them out of there? Yes. They actually had eyeballs on it. They okay. actually had eyeballs on it. Yep. Okay, uh, and I, I take it they, were, they didn't take any pictures or anything like that. No, they were just scared out of their minds and uh, yeah. called called the Rangers or called nine one one. Actually, Susan, if if you remember the cop's name and what and what uh, uh, um, um, station he's out of, there may be a police report written up on this. It might be interesting to get a copy of that if they'd let you have it. Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, yeah, Ranger Adam, uh, he's the one that um, remembered me and gave the information, and he's still there. Uh, mm -hmm. Gave the information to the naturalist about it, and the naturalist is also a retired uh, ranger for 30 years. And mm -hmm. uh, so they are actually digging up the report right now. Well, that's and, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's still there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. You know, that, uh, that, that, that event, you know, right where this, you know, is it that sighting and um, uh -huh. activity, Bigfoot, you know, alleged Bigfoot activity is going to be right there where we're going to be camping out for this event. So it's going to be great. And that's going to, he's going to, the naturalist is going to put that in as part of his presentation. 
too. Cool. And when yeah. did this event happen that the family saw the? Three years ago. Three years ago. Okay, that's pr- pr- yeah, fairly new. Yeah, it was. I got there maybe within the week. You know, as soon as I heard about it, um, I went out there and actually I went there on a weeknight and then just stayed up basically all night and went to work the next day. But uh, it was pretty cold out. But um, there was nobody else in the campground. Well, there was one actually. There was one other camper on the far side of the campground. But I just sat there all night. And uh, I talked to the ranger earlier. I'm like, uh, hey, I'm going to be by myself tonight. Um, so feel free to come on by. And he came by later as well. And we had some good conversations about it. And I, gave, I even gave him a bag of uh, hydrocal and uh, water bottle and directions and put it in his car, like, as if, you know, the policeman doesn't know how to cast tracks, you know, or something. But um, it was kind of funny. But he was a great guy. Yeah, so he's still there. But I haven't talked to him in three years. But now it's kind of coming back around full circle. So that'll be fun, too. Now, wow. did the, uh, see, it either happened or some joker in a ghillie suit or an ape suit was having fun scaring a family, uh, one or the other, by the sound of it. Um really yeah. interested in what the, what the police conclusions would have been. Well, I mean, he was, he was showing me, uh, where it went from what they said, uh, and how tall it was based on when it went behind the latrines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it's funny because I was actually kind of interviewing the ranger. I'm like, okay, how far away was it? How tall was it? What did they say? And all this, I was like grilling him. I'm like, this is kind of funny. I'm like the one <laughs> asking the cop all the questions, um, which was great though, because we were kind of able to flesh it out that, you know, where they said it went and how tall it was. And um, by comparison to the, the latrine house, and that was, you know, fairly big enough for a Sasquatch, uh, bigger than a human from where it, you know, hit the, you know, the roof of the house, that structure. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, that's I, I it's going to be, I would love to dig back into that report. Well, they're going to do it, so I'm going to get a chance to hear about it again. I mean, I... I even talked, you know, I met up with that naturalist a couple weeks ago, too, just to talk about this, you know, event that we're going to be having. And I said, okay, well, let's meet right there at that same spot. And uh, he was giving me some more information about the area, too. And so, you know, it just kind of... Is this family, how many members, how many witnesses do we have here? Uh, Two parents, two young parents, a toddler, and a baby. Okay, okay. The toddler and the baby probably wouldn't... Well, maybe the toddler would, but... Yeah, yeah, maybe no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, and you're going to do a presentation on this at this upcoming conference. Yeah, the naturalist is uh, the, the nat- naturalist is. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And he'll probably bring the ranger into it too because he's still yeah, there you, as well. You get get one of the adults there as well. I mean, yeah. See, that's the question. I have to again. This is kind of in the developmental stages, um, mm-hmm. you know, would they ever come forward again? Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, of course, we're asking those questions, and seeing, we'll see how it goes. See where it takes Absolutely, us. yep. That'd be interesting to hear about. Kind of reminds me of the Crandall Campground incident. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So what happened there? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a, one of my favorite cases I looked into in 1988, but we're not here to talk about me tonight. We're here to talk about you and your research. Uh, 
Well, see, I could interview you guys all day. You know, I'd like to ask you a bunch of questions. (laughs) (laughs) It's your show. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, uh, with, you know, your experience that you had and then uh, being around it and being around other people and, um, you know, hearing the stories about, I mean, and I and I like to ask people um, who take this, you know, seriously. What what do you think? And I don't even know if you have an opinion or anything. But what what do you think these things are? I mean, are they primate? Are they? I mean, what do you have any ideas on? What you think. I just think it's a different branch of the evolutionary tree. Um, you know, I, I certainly, um, when I was learning about all this, I, I didn't close my mind to any different opinions. Um, I think it's, you know, good to get all the different opinions and stuff and then figure it out from there. Um, you know, as far as any of the, as we say, woo stuff, I just, it wasn't, I couldn't stand on solid ground with that. Um, I, it, it wasn't helping me figure it out because then all of a sudden it could be anything, you know. So if these things are you know, actually making vocalizations and, you know, running around and uh, doing things that animal-type things do. Um, I, I don't think it's an animal per se. I think it's, like I said, some sort of different branch of our evolutionary tree. But I think it's solid. I don't think that, um, you know, it's going in and out of portals. I I uh-huh. just don't follow that line. And, and mostly, you know, but I have great friends that do. And I respect them greatly, and they've done a lot of research on it. Um, you know, great friends in Tom Powell and Henry Franzoni. Um, and I respect them, and I learned a lot from them. But for me personally, it doesn't help because it's just I I think it's fun to think about, but um, it's, it doesn't that that's just not the way I go with it. Yeah. Well, my, my so, advice is. Is, uh, always just stick to the facts and never deviate from the facts. Yeah, that's your that's the classic line. I should uh, you know, write that down, put it up in the clubhouse, and say, you know, sign uh-huh. Thomas Steenberg. Stick to the facts and nothing but the facts. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only thing you can and, do. I mean, that's the only thing solid you have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And a lot of people try to answer the question of these things, the mystery of these things, by adding another mystery in, and that that just muddies the water so much that you, it, it's not helpful. You, you end up exactly. Chasing, yeah, you end up chasing your tail. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I just, I had to, that's exactly what happened. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is just, I'm just going further down this rabbit hole and, you know, with no end in sight. And uh, so I just had to, like, kind of back up. You know, take some steps back and say, okay, what do I know for sure? And, you know, even though what I think I know for sure still might not be for sure, but at least, you know, my ears heard it, you know, uh, I saw it with my eyes, um, you know, just start at least, you know, I've got some things. I've got, you know, a recording, (laughs) Um, you know, and then hanging out again, hanging out with a bunch of people, good people. Um, that have a lot of experience with it that I'm so grateful uh, that they've been open and sharing things with me and teaching me. I can pass some of that right. information along. And that's, you know, that's about it. And then you know, I get to be friends with these people and 
Yeah, Ohio's got a lot of good researchers up there. Um, you know, there's... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good help here in Ohio. There are, there are good researchers out there, but they are by far outnumbered by inmates running the asylum. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Oh. 100%. <laughs> well, and that's the, uh-huh. that's, the, that's the one thing that I had to do is to determine, you know, who who are the good ones that, you know, are solid, have a great reputation, have, you know, history of reports backing them up, have had hours in the field, and, uh, you know, let's see what they have to say. So, um yeah, they've been they've been great, and some you know some of the top names in the field have been very generous with their time uh, with me. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and Ohio's got a lot of uh, a lot of area, and I know we talked about that before. Um, that prime habitat for something like that to actually survive. You know, once you get out of the cities there in Ohio, it's nothing but woods and grasslands and, you know, tons of wildlife. People may not think Ohio would be the place to find these things, but uh, I know when I lived there, there were several reports not more than 20 miles from my house um, at that time. So, what, what, what county were you in? I was in Miami County. Miami County, okay. No, they call it the Buc- they call it the Buckeye State, right? And I, uh, I was always skeptical about hearing things like in Ohio. And then I met Don Keating and uh, went to visit him back in 2001. We went touring around in some of the spots he investigated, and I was quite impressed with how much wilderness there was. I mean, you tend to think here on the West Coast, in the East. What they call wilderness is just little batches of trees in between towns. Well, no, it's not. It's it's the towns are little dots in vast areas of wilderness. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, yeah, you, they don't have the mountains we do, but they definitely got the trees. Oh well, yeah, we're in the foothills of the Appalachians. Is, is yeah, is yeah, what this area is. Yeah. And um and that reminds me you brought up Don Keating. Um I asked him uh just a few days ago, I said, um, I just wanna double check um with your I looked through some of the materials that I, you know, purchased from him and stuff. I said, I haven't seen any you write anything about Mohican or take any reports and he said, Yeah, he said he didn't really have anything for Mohican but he says he's also, you know, kind of been in for a while. <laughs> But um, he didn't have any historical reports from Mohican. So I just want to, from the last interview, we were talking about that. So I did confirm with him that he didn't have anything on Mohican here. But, but yeah, but, but he's the only one. But he did all his work in Coshocton County, uh, which, is one, right. which is the county directly south of us. So, I mean, I'm only, you know, I'm only 10 minutes from Coshocton County, 10, 15 maybe. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's all, it's all back roads and um, trees. I mean, you know, I just went to Columbus um a couple of days ago, and uh, I, you know, I took back roads the whole way, you know, until the last, you know, 10, 20 miles, and I was on the freeway getting into town, but, uh, yeah, it was all back roads the whole way. So, I'm worried about hitting, you know, Amish buggies, 
that's the biggest problem on the background is the deer and the Amish buggies, <laughs> you know, go flying up a hill. <laughs> yeah. Ride. Yeah, that's one thing I don't have here in my area of North Carolina are the Amish buggies. I I kind of miss that. I wonder if anyone has ever asked the Amish if they've seen any. Are you still there, Thomas? I'm still here. I wonder if we just lost Julie. No, I'm here. Is she just? Oh, there she is. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, you just started to say something, but then I, I lost. We lost you there for a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I was just saying that. Well, I don't have any Amish here in this area that I'm at here um, in North Carolina. I know that there's Mennonites, but. None of the buggies and that sort of thing um, you'll find on the roads. But um, Thomas just had a good point. Uh, wonder how many Amish people might have encountered something and, you know, if anyone's ever taken reports well, from them. Exactly. Um, there was an investigator in Ohio that was giving a talk at one of the local libraries uh, and an Amish person uh, came up to him after it was over and talked to him when he was in the parking lot about seeing one. But it, you're not, you know, that's a pretty insular community in terms of they're not going to go around telling you Bigfoot stories. Right. <laughs> so, but I guarantee you that they probably have seen them um, because, you know, they've got a lot of, I mean, Holmes County is the biggest Amish population, you know, I think in the world. So we have, I think, even more than Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So there's a lot of um there's a lot of farmland out there that nobody gets into. You know. All right. That's Bigfoot stories. <laughs> Interesting. But I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. That's a, that so would be, that would be a great I'm sorry. I was just saying that'd be great your... that'd be a great connection to to a networking. You know, I used to work with an Amish girl and stuff, and I talked to her. She knew all about the Bigfoot stuff because anybody I work with knows really? about Bigfoot stuff with me. But, um, you know, I was like, come on, Laura, <laughs> you know, what do you know? Have you heard anything? And she said she hadn't heard anything. But Hmm. Well, tell us what we're going to Her future plans on the Sasquatch. <laughs> Right, to break into the Amish network, start posting, <laughs> you know, cards on the the local establishments and putting them in the Amish newspaper and stuff like that. If you've ever seen a Bigfoot, call me. If they have phones, it depends on the different orders. Some do phones and some don't. So. Right. It all, it's just so know, intriguing I, to, that, you know, there might be a whole population of people that live just and you know not far from you that could have all kinds of stories but yet they're not saying you know and right. I, don't know, I just exactly always intrigued me about wonder you know what if anything oh. they yeah a lot of our uh, constituency at um at um Wayne County Extension is Amish and so I do know a few people but I you know at these events, I don't you know, kind of have to be professional. You know? But if I right. get to know, you know, there's one, you know, if the opportunity arises, I most certainly will ask. <laughs> you never know. Right. But you, it's something you'd have to, you'd really have to get to know somebody. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And they're not going to, you know, 
keep, you know, I, I'm still English, you know. I, I'm not right. And, uh, there's a certain barrier there uh, that I don't know that I'd be able to crack. But if, one, if, if the one gentleman came through and said it, you know, I would think he would yeah. be the only yeah. one. Hmm. Interesting. Thomas, did you have any questions or anything? We're getting up to the hour here in a few minutes, so I just want to make sure you have everything. I just want to uh, encourage Suzanne to keep it up and uh, to never go anywhere without a camera camera on her person. Mm-hmm. Yep, I will. I hope I get that opportunity again. Um, <laughs> that's certainly what we chase. And there's, we, you know, we chase for years, and, you know, one of the questions I'm going to add to BigfootTrivia.com is uh, that I used to upgrade. I think we lost her. Or, you know, the pillars (laughs) of our field. Say that again because you kind of broke up. Yeah, could you say that again? um, We lost you for about eight seconds. (laughs) No, no. Oh, and I haven't even moved. Um, the, one of the trivia questions um, that I'm going to be adding to BigfootTrivia.com, I always do um, an upgrade, I add more questions in May. Uh, I start working on it now um, for the upgrade. But one of the questions is going to be, uh, how many of the four horsemen have ever seen a Sasquatch? And the answer is zero. And yep. so these guys who are pillars of our field – uh, and spent all those years and all that time and all that research and all that effort, need, no, not one of the four have ever seen a Sasquatch. Mm-mm. Well, if you're talking about the late John Green, the late Reddy DeHaan, the late Grover Krantz, and Peter Burns, yes, but Robert Titmus claimed encounters Titmus twice. Yeah. Twice, right, right, right. Yep, mm-hmm. that's, that's also one. The question is already up there right now is how many times did Bob Pittman see a Sasquatch? And I actually got that confirmed uh, by two different people. Um, I asked John Kirk to confirm it, and then uh, uh, Larry, um, Larry the normal guy. No. Oh. Uh, um, gosh. He's got his own podcast show, too. Uh, I'm, this is terrible. Accident. <laughs> Sweet. So your website is uh, BigfootTrivia.com? Yes. Yes. Everybody the first, check that out. I was, oh, you got to check it out. The, first, the, the reason why I started that was in 2019, um, Cliff and Bobo had a, uh, they called it a drunk trivia night at um, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, and it was a blast. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody was packed into the bar. We had teams and everything, and uh, it was just great fun. But our team failed because I knew, like, hardly anything. And I was so embarrassed about it um, that I went home and I wrote uh, down all those 50 questions that they had. I wrote them down on flashcards so I could learn them. Wow. That's a lot of history in that, too. Oh, yeah. So I asked Bernie, I said, can you make a website out of this? And he was very nice, and he said yes. And we got Mike Assorti to do the design work. And I had 15 more questions that I just came up with. 
and verified them all with all these great people that I was able to pester and say, can you verify this and this? And then Todd Prescott um, did all the editing for me, made sure every single punctuation mark was correct. <laughs> and uh, right. it was so great. And then we launched it, and it was wonderful. But then everybody's like, well, I can't keep score. And so then the next year I was like, Bernie, can you – you know, help me fix fix this to uh, be able to keep score. And so we had to make all you make it true and false and um, multiple choice. And uh, so that was kind of fun coming up with wrong answers. And I'll give a little hint that some of the the difficult questions, it's the the first answer is correct. A, <laughs> not all of them, but a lot of times if it's a really difficult question, because I just want people to learn things and uh, and myself most yeah. importantly, which is why I did it. Uh, and then just, you know, have fun with it. So um, this year coming up, I'm asking Bernie to put in a search function. So if somebody wants to search Hi. a specific name or something. But, yeah, check it out. It's fun. If you're in the same browser sh session, then you can keep score all the way through. And then I do have some links to more information. And, and it's just fun. It's just a fun way. It's mostly because I want to learn this. But then I thought, well, if I have the opportunity, why don't I just share this so everybody can learn stuff? And uh, so it's good. It's a, it's a fun time. I enjoy it. And it looks really pretty. And I'm very grateful for the people confirming answers for me and stuff. And, of course, if anybody wow. has any other – if they have any trivia that they want to throw my way, I mean, I have a drawer full of, like, scraps of paper and stuff. And every time I catch a good trivia question, I, like, write it down and – you know, oh, Lord, I bet Thomas <laughs> give you several. Oh, yeah. I would love it, Thomas. Yeah, you just, yeah. Bigfoot Trivia <laughs> at gmail.com. You know, just send them along. Mm -hmm. I would love the questions. And then I'll put you, Thomas, as a source and uh, whatever link you want me to put on there and uh, put you in the thank you section, too, for helping me out. <laughs> BigfootTrivia.com. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. go check it out. You will love it. You would, I could, you're going to be like scoring in the 97th, 98th percentile of all that. And yeah. uh, I, I can see it. I can see it. Some of them are fun. I mean, like even every now and then Daniel Perez would send me a question. He's like, okay, what is, uh, uh, what's Roger Patterson's middle name? <laughs> I'm like, nobody's going to know that. You know, Where? so I put it as, See you do it. That's awesome. Oh, she knows. I'm it. telling you, he's a great wow. source. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to. Do, you know, take the take the quiz. It'll keep track uh, for you. There's 100 questions on there, and then uh, every May by May 14th, uh, by the anniversary of my sighting date, I always uh, make one upgrade a year. So I'm gonna put 50 more questions on it, and because uh, I try not to bother Bernie all year long with changes. I just bother them one time a year with changes. <laughs> so, yeah, check it out. Oh, that's so funny. You knew that, Thomas. Why should I be surprised? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, listen, guys, we got out two minutes before time runs out. So, um, Suzanne, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show for both shows and taking the time to talk with us. I, I really appreciate you and what you do. Oh, you, you're so kind. You're, you're really kind and I just, uh, both of you, I, I have great respect for what you do and your work. And uh, even though I get so nervous doing these things, I don't do them at all very often. But I'm like, oh, these are like giants in the field. You know, I was standing on the shoulders of giants with you two. And so I'm like, well, I, I got to do it, I, you know. 
So I just I want to say thank you for um, listening to me and and uh, you know helping me work everything out and uh, we'll just keep looking for answers <laughs> as much Absolutely. as we can possibly find them. <laughs> and good and good luck we with the floods there, uh, Thomas and. And good luck with the fires too, Julie. I just uh, I'll be thinking about you guys with both those. Thank you. And we definitely want to plug the the BigfootTrivia.com, right? That's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, BigfootTrivia.com. Yeah, check it out. I love the feedback. And uh, and if you have any questions, send them my way. And and Thomas, I want to hear what your score is. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, and Thomas. Uh, We'll get together again next month for another show and, you know, be, be safe up there. All right, you guys, take care. All the best to you and happy holidays. All right, you too. All right, bye-bye. Merry Christmas to you both. <laughs> Thank you. And we will see everybody back here next month. Another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants, Talking Old Timers with Thomas Steenberg. Thank you all for listening.